Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Friday edition of the Orange Brown Talk podcast. We're taking you into your weekend here. Uh, Mary Kay and Ashley, of course, still off this week. Uh, I'm going to be off next week, but we've got lots of pods coming your way. Some really good ones coming next week on the Orange and Brown Talk. Uh, some Strictly Stripes crossovers. Uh, some fun stuff coming your way next week. But it is Friday, and Doug Maurice is here, and it's been a while since we've talked gambling. Doug, I, I've learned something about myself here over these last few months. I've dabbled a little bit in gambling on the NBA dabbled a little in baseball that's just uh i don't know why anybody does that too random football there's just something different about football i i miss i miss gambling on football <laughs> i don't know if that's a me problem i don't know if that's like uh, if, I should, if i should call that number at the bottom of the post i don't know but i i just miss it i love it it's not it's a great. problem it's why it's america's <laughs> sport man like it is built it is built for this and I, you know, dabbled a little bit in the NBA playoffs. Um, I don't do baseball at all. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to like not look at my betting app on my phone for like three months. And then you were like, hey, let's do a gambling pot. And I looked at it. It was like, oh, there's some old feelings coming back up that I don't know what to do with. And there are so many NFL bets out there now on individual players, on teams, on win totals, on division finish. There are so many ways to bet your team that it's overwhelming. But I think it's it's a reminder, Dan. We talked about gambling before it was legal in Ohio. It's just a different world. Now, it's just like it's it's I mean, it's real. It's not theoretical. And then the options available to you, um, we'll get into this more. I just still want people it's a great way. Gambling talk is a great way to get a read on your team, even if you're not interested in gambling, even if you would never bet. If you're against betting, I think you can listen to us and still learn about the Browns. But then the other thing is like, just like, <laughs> chill out, man. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, there's 148 different bets you could make on the Browns on the app. And it's like, don't go make all of them. True. And I, th- I think one of the things as I was going through this is like, there's some ridiculous, like every bet that I'm going to throw out, I'm going to at least make the case as to why it can hit as to why there's a chance that I like it, whether it's an over under, whether it's a, you know, a, a player winning an award. There's a reason I believe it could happen. Now it could be a long shot. It could be something that in the end, I may not have any interest in actually putting real money on, but these are bets that I can at least make the case for. So let's start with the Browns because they are, I think the most interesting team in the NFL from maybe the most interesting team in the NFL in general, but certainly from a gambling perspective, because the ceiling on this team is so high and the floor is not like three wins low, but it's like seven or eight wins low. Like the floor is low. So I think the Browns are maybe the most interesting team and the hardest team to read, but maybe also have the biggest upside. So let's just throw out some Browns bets that we found, Doug. Well, what, what's the first one you want to talk about? All right. It's going to be complicated, but the thing that I try to do that I try to remind myself of, and I'm bad at it is I think the worst thing that can happen, the worst thing that can happen with gambling That's a pot in and of itself. It's very frustrating to me when I feel like I'm right about the opinion, but I'm wrong on the bet. 
And it's like, oh, I thought this would happen. I thought this team would win. I thought this team was much better. Everybody else liked this team. I like this team. But I still lost the bet because I, I bet it wrong. So I have a bet that I think is a way to try to make some money. And I hope it's the right kind of bet. Because if you're just looking at Brown's win totals, if you there's one of the things you noted, Dan, and I didn't realize this until I looked, is there's they have all kinds of different win totals for the Browns on the gambling yeah, so- so I'll note that we're that I was using DraftKings and DraftKings has like four different win totals for every team. That's also what I was using. And so if you bet over 7.5 wins for the Browns, that's minus 250, which means if you bet $25, you only win 10. It's like it's like okay, well do you think they're going to be 8 and 9 or better? It's like I don't know. You might have a real good feeling about that, but the win you don't win that much. Like you're really like minus 250 is a terrible number. Then over nine and a half is plus 115. So you get a little better than even money for them. To, but then if they go nine and eight, you lose. They might go nine and eight and make the playoffs and you lose your bet. So we're talking about you want to make the right bet to fit what you think. So here's my answer. They also have win totals for all the teams, specific wins, exact numbers. So this is my bet for you. Bet whatever you bet. I say $5. If you want to bet $2, if you want to bet $50, whatever. On these three things, the Browns to win nine games, the Browns to win 10 games, and the Browns to win 11 games. So if you bet $5 on each of those things, you would outlay 15. If they win nine games exactly for your bet, you'll get 30 back. So you'd bet five, they're plus 500, you'd get $30 back. If they win 10 games, they're plus 600, you'd get $35 back. And if they win 11 games, they're plus 700, you'll get $40 back. So if you put three bets out there, you're outlaying 15. If they win 9, 10, or 11 games, you'll win between 30 and $40. You'll at least double your money. Now, if they lose if they win fewer than nine games if they win eight games or less they're probably not going to make the playoffs and you're going to be mad about things other than losing 15 bucks right so that's the thing it's like you're going to be mad so you'll for like you won't be so mad about the loss and if they win 12 games or more you'll be so happy you won't care that you didn't win 15 dollars because you'll be like i think the browns are going to the super bowl so this is my you think the browns are going to be good and a chance to double your money bet because I think for them to hit on 9, 10, or 11 wins, I think there's a pretty decent chance of that. And I'm trying to get there, you know, I don't want you to bet the the 7.5 over but barely win any money. And I don't want you to bet the 9.5 over and then lose if they go 9 and 8. So this is my solution, Dan. It's a lot of betting talk, but don't you <laughs> think there's a – like this is not football talk. This is betting talk. Don't you think there's a – Fairly, what would you in your mind put the chance of the Browns winning nine, ten, or eleven games as their final record? Like two thirds chance, I, that's where they wind up? Yeah, I I mean I would think um I would think that there's no way they're gonna go under seven and a half, right? That's the that's the lowest so if they went seven and ten, that's not gonna happen. Um and like you said, if you think they're gonna go eight and nine, you're not gonna you're minus two fifty, you don't want to do that. Um, and then this is, see, this is where these gambling sites get you, right? They don't give you an option for eight and a half. 
They're not right. going to let you, not for the Browns at least, they're not giving you an option for eight and a half. They're saying, no, we're not going to let you say they're going to win nine games. They're basically telling you they think this team is going to go nine and eight, basically. That's sort of what they're, what DraftKings here is predicting with these odds. So yeah, I think that's a good approach is find those win totals and figure out a way to get money on all of them, on all three of them. I think that's a good way to do it. Now I'm going to give you an alternative here though, and this is one way that I've sort of been thinking about it. If you really like, if, if you're looking for that value, right? And those over under numbers don't do a lot for you. So let's say, like if you took the Browns over nine and a half, that's plus 115. Okay. That's okay. That's fine. You'll you'll make money off that if they win 10 games. But if you believe the Browns are going to win at least nine and a half games, doesn't that also put them in the discussion for the AFC North? If they're a 10, 10, 11, 10 or 11 win team, that could win the AFC North. A 12 win team could win the AFC North. So if you're bullish on the Browns, they're plus 425 to win the division. Yeah. Which, if you're looking at those win totals and you're like, well, I think they're going to win, like over 11 and a half is plus 370. If you think the Browns are going to win more than 11 and a half games, don't bet the over. Bet them to win the North. Okay, so this is, this is where I differ on this. Because when you're betting on something like the division, you're actually betting on four different things. You're betting on the Browns, but you're also betting on the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Ravens. And so this is where I find myself getting in trouble. If you think the Browns are going to be good, what if the Bengals go 14-3 and three and the Browns go 12-5? and five And you're like, I was right. The Browns are awesome but you put a bunch of your money on the Browns to win the division and they don't win the division. And it's not about your opinion on the Browns was correct, but you lost the bet. I, I am sometimes with my thinking, trying to narrow it down that I'm, what am I betting on? I'm just betting on the Browns win total. They're in control of that. They're not in control of how good the Bengals are. Oh my gosh. Kenny Pickett went nuts. The Steelers are better than anybody imagined. Right? So I know what you're saying, but some of that, I feel like I myself have gotten in trouble with that before, where I thought a team's going to be good or a team's going to be bad. That opinion was correct, but the bet was wrong because something else happened that I didn't anticipate. So I might rather bet the Browns to win 12 games than the Browns to win the division, because there's a world where they could win 12 games and not win the division if the Bengals go nuts. That's fair. These division odds are, are interesting. The Bengals are the favorite of plus 150. Um, which I'm, I'm looking here. I think that's actually, as far as division favorites, those are, that that's the worst that you can find out there is, you know, the lowest. So like the bills are a plus plus one twenty, which I believe is the, I'm just scrolling through the app here live on the podcast. That's all. Uh, the lions are plus plus one thirty. So the Bengals are plus plus one fifty. There's not a lot of confidence there compared to some of the other division favorites. The Ravens are plus two twenty. And the Browns are plus 425, which is a lower number than the Dolphins, who are third to win the East. Um, that's the same as the Bears, who are third to win the North. That's lower than the Panthers, who are who are the third to, to win the South. Should the Browns and Ravens be that separated? Plus, I mean, I don't want to... I, I haven't figured out how... Good, I'm feeling about this team just yet. I'm not ready to sit yeah. here and say that. I'm not going to predict the Browns to win the AFC North. I actually, that's probably not a bet I would put right now on July 7th. 
But I'm just saying, like, are the Browns at plus 425 and the Ravens at plus 220? Is there really that much separation between those two teams? No, I mean, Watson is close to what we think he can be because they're both in the same thing where you're counting on what version of the of the very good quarterback are you getting? Are you getting the best version of Lamar Jackson and Sean Watson? Are you getting a faded version? Are you getting a version that you have to fear something goes wrong and they miss some games? So I don't think they should be that separated, which leads me to a division bet that I did kind of find interesting. And I don't know if Browns Browns fans would stomach this or not. I'm going to ask you a question, Dan, and I should have a handle on this and I don't. (laughs) What is the order of magnitude of how much Browns fans hate the other teams in the division? And if we can, can we do it on a scale of one to 10 that, okay, they're, they like the 10 is the greatest hate. One is not very much hate at all. What is their level of hate for Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cincinnati? Okay. Level of hate. See, actually, it's it was funny. We were having this discussion during the season, literally in the Browns locker room. And a, a longtime player was, was kind of chatting with us about it, too. But he didn't really make it clear, though, what his feelings were, unfortunately. But I still think the Steelers are, are the top. I think they're like... I think they're a 10. Okay. Like that's Browns, what I would guess. That's what I would guess too. Browns yes. fans still hate Steelers fans to hate the Steelers, hate Steelers fans. They took just so much joy in, in that playoff win. I just, I think there's still a lot of hatred there. I think the Ravens are probably, they're high, maybe a, a seven and a half or an eight, seven and yeah. a half feels low. Now that I said it out loud. So I'm going to say eight. They took uh, my the dog, team. my yeah. dog agrees with me. Um, but I also have a theory that the Ravens should be in the AFC East and the Bills should be in the AFC North, but that's, that's another podcast. Um, the Bengals, I don't think Browns, I don't know if Browns fans hate, hate the Bengals. I think that's like a five. I think that's really lukewarm right now. Now that changes if the Browns are really good and they have like two or three years here where it's just battling with the Bengals for the division and they meet in the playoffs a few times, but I feel like the Bengals, the Battle of Ohio is pretty lukewarm. Okay. That's what I thought too, which opened us up to this bet. You can bet, again, you can bet so many things. You can bet division combinations. So you can bet either the Bengals to win the division and the Browns to finish second in that order. That's plus 450. That's pretty good odds. Or you can just bet the Bengals and the Browns to f- take the top two spots. And that's plus 250. So that could be, all right, so, like, again, you don't want to wind up, if you're a Browns fan, you don't want to, like, wind up rooting for the Browns to lose so the Bengals can win the division and the Browns can finish second so you can win your bet. But this way, they're just top two. That's plus 250, which I think is a pretty good chance of happening. And this folds in some of the, I think the Browns are going to be good, but I'm also anticipating the Bengals are going to be good, and I don't want the Bengals being so good to screw up my Browns bet. Plus 250 for them to be the top two teams in the division. As long as you don't hate the Bengals more than you hate the Ravens and the Steelers, this is a way to bet on the Browns, root against the Steelers and the Ravens all year, and, you know, be okay with the Bengals being good because guess what? The Bengals are good. So I kind of like that version of it. I think I'd probably take the one that's plus 250, them to be in the top two spots in either order. So yeah, that that's an interesting one. And that's safer, obviously, than the division. The Browns to win the division 
uh, roll of the dice you'd be taking. Now, of course, that's why the odds aren't as good, right? The right. upside of the Browns winning the division is so much higher than, than that one. But that, I didn't see that one. That's an interesting one. So the Browns and Bengals, they can finish in any order. They just have to be one, two. Right. And if you really think, uh, I don't think the Browns, I didn't look what the Browns one, Bengals two would be. Because again, if you're so locked in, I think if you are sure the Browns are going to win the division, then just bet the Browns to win the division. Because now you don't want to bet. My bet is Browns first, Bengals second. I love those odds. But Joe Burrow gets hurt. And now the Browns won the division, but the Bengals finished third and you lost your bet. And you were right. The Browns were great. You were right. But you lost your bet. So you're you're looping the Bengals in a little bit here. Um, but I, I just I think you have to assume the odds are telling you this. The odds are assuming the Bengals are going to be better than the Browns. So if you're going to loop them together. Either they go Bengals one, Browns two, or just go top two in any order. Top two in any order is plus 250. Bengals one, Browns two is plus 450. This is where I will remind everyone that Kevin Stefanski has never finished better than third in the AFC North. So maybe, maybe this is the year. I I do like the Ravens. I like, you know, we rave about John Harbaugh all the time. It's hard for me to bet against the Ravens. It really is. And some of it is just that psychology of like, am I really going to say that the Browns can finish first or second in the division? Because it just never happens. Um, but it, it is hard for me to, to, to just say the Ravens are going to be the third best team in the North. I just think they're so well run. They're so well coached. Lamar Jackson has the contract out of the way. Uh, that weirdness seems to be gone. But also, I don't know, are we sure Todd Munkin is going to be a good coordinator in the NFL? I know, Doug, you, you talked to him. Back when, you know, when Georgia was was playing Ohio State and uh, wrote, wrote that big story on him, like, you know, Todd Munkin was really good in college. He had some chances in the NFL. Are we sure? Like, are we absolutely sure yeah. that's going to work? I think part of it is because, and I do not mean this in a negative way at all, Lamar Jackson's kind of like a college quarterback. That like this is they're not doing like old school drop back what like they're gonna use they're gonna use tight ends, they're gonna use multiple backs, they're gonna move guys around. I think what they're gonna try to do with Baltimore and Lamar Jackson is not all that dissimilar from what they did with Stetson Bennett and Brock Bowers and three good backs and like good receivers, but not great receivers at Georgia. So I do think Monk can work. So again, this is a bet on on the Bengals and Browns, I don't know that I'd be betting against the Ravens right now, but this is just believing that uh, you think you have two good teams in Ohio. I want to talk about two the two big awards um, and sort of where, and I'm not talking about MVP here, uh, but I'm talking about the, the Offensive Player of the Year and the Defensive Player of the Year award. Now, Defensive Player of the Year, we talked about that on Thursday's podcast. Miles Garrett is plus 750, which is kind of, you know, look, if Micah Parsons wins defensive player of the year, he's plus 650. He's the favorite. Like you're, you're going to make money on that. That's, but these awards are tough. You just never know what's going to happen. Miles is plus 750. Um, There's actually somebody else that I, that I would bet here. We can get into that. Um, But he's actually number two on DraftKings as their favorites, but there's another one. And again, these aren't necessarily bets I would make, but these are just things I'm circling like with really good odds, really high upside that I can make a case it could happen. Your offensive player of the year favorite is Justin Jefferson at plus 1,000. There's Jamar Chase at plus 1,000. Christian McCaffrey at plus 1,300. And as you kind of scroll down a little bit, 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth on this list is one Mr. Nick Chubb. Oh, plus twenty two hundred. Now, do I think Nick Chubb is going to win the Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL? No. But can I lay out a scenario where Nick Chubb wins Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL? That involves him leading the league in rushing for a team that's really good and also adding, let's say, 500 receiving yards. Because he will be more involved in the passing game. That would be a big jump up in receiving yards for Nick Chubb to four or 500 yards. But if he is more involved in the passing game, if he leads the league in rushing, if the Browns offense is good, is there a case for Nick Chubb for Offensive Player of the Year over the likes of Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill? I don't feel Brown, great about it, but it's they have there. to be good. The Browns have to be good. The Browns have to be, have really, to be excellent. They have to right. be really good. And maybe I Nick Chubb you, has to rush for two thousand yards. I thought you were going to make that case for Deshaun Watson. I was going to say I don't think people will vote for him. No. So, and, and part of that is because offensive player of the year is mostly like because nobody except the quarterback can win MVP. That's usually where voters will stick in a receiver yeah. or a running back. Or there are there are some quarterback okay. odds on here, but. So I think that's smart. So I have some Chubb stuff. And I think to me, again, if you're going to go something where there's a vote, I would tie some statistical things to that. Because as you said, what does it look like if Nick Chubb wins that award? Well, he's got to have a great year, bottom line. And he might have to lead the league in rushing. So I would make winning offensive player of the year your bonus bet, your big hit on top of those. His over-under on rushing yards is 1,225.5. He's been over that every healthy year he's had. It's minus 110 to take that over. It's close to even odds. I bet that. I think that's just him being healthy, right? 1,226 rushing yards. There was a year, a couple, uh, there was a season, maybe it was last season. I don't remember where we were. We looked at some over-unders and his total was really low. It felt really low. And this feels the same way. Like, yeah, if Nick Chubb is healthy, he's going to get over 1,200 rushing yards. So you're just betting on that. You're betting on healthy Nick Chubb. So I would make the Nick Chubb over-under on that rushing total bet. And then it's like, okay, if he's healthy, I feel good about winning that. And then I'll take my winnings, my presumed winnings on that, and bet that on the Offensive Player of the Year thing, right? Or that kind of thing. Now, to win the rushing title, which is, you know, you don't have to sit around and wait for sports writers to make a vote. Plus 450. That's actually not great odds, right? I mean, like you win the rushing title plus 450. I think he's the favorite. But if you think he's going to be great, at least you control that. And as you mentioned on a pod the other day, Dan, like Freddie Kitchens didn't try to get Nick Chubb a rushing title a couple years ago in 2019. Maybe the Browns would try to get Nick Chubb a rushing title this year. In a world where Kareem Hunt's not around, then yeah, they're going to throw the ball a lot. Mary Kay said maybe they're going to throw the ball to Nick Chubb. Do you still think you're, you know, you're bet against maybe Derrick Henry has a couple injury things, Jonathan Taylor, how good are the Colts going to actually be? Uh, you know, may, maybe you sprinkle a little bit on the over-under, you sprinkle a little bit on the rushing title at plus 450, and then you take a shot at Offensive Player of the Year. But um, again, I would I would ride a little bit with the statistical stuff where you have more control and you're not leaving it up to, man, 
Nick Chubb had a great offensive player of the year case, but Jamar Chase had 2,100 receiving yards and he won. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at some of these other names. I mean, I would actually, if if you made me choose between the two, sitting a plus 2,000, there's Austin Eckler. So, so there's another running back. I would certainly pick him probably over Chubb. Um, and th- look, Christian McCaffrey at plus 1,300. He's third. That's that's probably the pick. But uh, I'm just saying, there could be a case if you wanted to just take yeah. a little tiny bit, high upside bet. This was sort of like when I made the case for Travis Kelsey to win Super Bowl MVP. Like, you know, it usually goes to a quarterback, but if you're looking for some high upside. Yeah. Maybe, just maybe, and, and we're talking Brown-centric here, just maybe Nick Chubb uh, could, could be a bet there. Uh, I have a couple other Browns, couple other brown centric ones do you have anything good uh, like do you have anything for, uh for deshaun watson i actually have a couple that i really like for deshaun watson uh i don't have for deshaun watson can we do miles garrett quick though yes yeah let's because do I, I i did I, in talking about again how do you go about this he's plus 750 for defensive player of the year he's plus 650 to have the most sacks so he might have the most i think is this a fair thing in order for him to win Defensive Player of the Year, I think he has to have the most sacks. But Probably. I think, he, I think he could have the most sacks and not win Defensive Player of the Year. Because what if he has the most sacks, but the Browns are 8-9? and nine, And somebody who's close to him in sacks plays for a better team. So the difference of plus 650 to plus 750, you get a little slightly better odds on Defensive Player of the Year. I'd bet the stats. And so he... The last three years combined, he has the most sacks in the NFL. So plus 650 to have the most sacks this year in Jim Schwartz's system where people think he's going to thrive, I would not leave it up to voters. I would not leave it up to team success giving him a boost. But plus 650 to just flat out be the sack leader, I kind of like that one, Dan. What do you think of that one? Yeah, I think... I think that's a good one. Um, that is one that sort of goes in the the category kind of similar to the division thing where you are sort of like you're betting on just TJ Watt also not having as monster a year. You are kind of betting on like a Nick Bosa, somebody like that, not kind of matching Miles's production. Uh, but but that's a really that's a good one, especially because I think. You know, the thing Miles is fighting against is the Browns aren't on prime time a lot this year. Yep. Um, they, they don't have those national games. I've, I said this on a pod we did a couple weeks ago, like sometimes part of winning these awards as stupid as it sounds, is just like everybody seeing the tweets every single week that are like, Oh my God, Miles Garrett just did this. Or did you see what TJ Watt? Like that's part of it because these are human beings voting on these awards. And so, yeah, I think that's a good one because Miles Garrett to win DPOY is plus seven fifty. It's not like the odds of that are that much better. Yeah. than just winning the sack title. And if Miles is healthy and can stay on the field, he's shown he can produce you know, enough sacks to win that title. Yeah, so I actually, I actually think that's a pretty decent statistical bet. Can I give you one other weird one before we get to Watson, which is good? Your Watson yeah. stuff is good. This one's weird. Uh, yeah. they, have, they have lines for like every game, Dan. Like, <laughs> out already. already. So I was going through the individual lines for games, and the NFL lines are always close. But the first, I think the first like seven weeks for the Browns, they're plus two and a half against uh, the Bengals at home in the opener. They're plus one at Pittsburgh in week two. Anyway, the one that I like that I think it's like, why would you bet on an individual game in July? 
The Browns are minus three at Indianapolis on October 22nd. And this makes you sound like makes me sound like a lunatic. It's like you're betting on an individual late October game in July. I think the Colts are like going to be playing Anthony Richardson and, and figuring it out. And th- Michael Pittman got suspended. Like, I think the Colts are going to be terrible. And I think the Browns are going to be pretty decent. And the Browns, the last time they were good, when they made the playoffs, they were five and three on the road that year. So I think they'll win some road games this year. So they're only a three-point favorite at Indianapolis. I think by the time we get to that game, the Browns might be good enough. The Colts might be enough of a mess that that line might be seven and a half. And if you can lock that down now, it's like, do you think the Browns will beat the Colts by a field goal in October? I know it's crazy. But I was trying to look for like, what's like an obvious thing that's staring you in the face? The next week they're at Seattle and they're plus two. And it's like, is Seattle going to duplicate it with Geno Smith again? I don't know that. Are they really going to be? So I'm looking for some road games because the Browns, if they're going to be good, they're going to have to win some road games. And maybe you can get them on some numbers now that as we get into the season, if the Browns start off pretty good, and again, they have a a heavy home slate early, those lines are going to move. But I really do like minus three Browns at Indianapolis on October 22nd. And I think I am officially a degenerate. I will not comment on that, but I'm terrible. <laughs> honestly, I'm so bad at point spread, but I just, I, I am so bad. I overthink point spreads. I now live spreads when I'm sitting there watching a game, sometimes I can kind of, you know, that's kind of where you can, if you're on it, if you're really paying attention, if you know the coaches really well and you sort of know the team stylistically well enough, that's when you, that's when I do a little better when it comes to the live yeah. totals and the live lines and things like that. But Man, you asked me on like a, a Friday before a game. Oh, Browns minus three. What do you think? Jeez, oh, uh, I guess I'm really bad at it. I, I I like the money lines. Yeah, that's that's oh, no, right. That's, that's good too. <laughs> so, by the yeah, way, anyway. I'll, I'll I'll also mention player props in the NFL are way more fun than in any other sport. And this is not an ad, but if you really are gonna like gamble, that stat head site. Man, you can really oh, yeah. dr- you can really drill into like who gets the targets, who get like when they get them, who who's the good first quarter teams, who are the good second half teams. Like a lot of that stuff is can can be really valuable uh, when when you go through this. Um, anyway, okay, like I said, a lot of a lot of the ones I'm throwing out are kind of long shots. They're kind of like, you know, am I really going to bet these when when the time comes? I don't know, but these are like the long shots that I have circled. And for Deshaun Watson, I think there's a couple really interesting, um, just some really interesting numbers here. So let's start with something that he's actually done before in his career. And when you look at most passing yards, Deshaun Watson has the same odds as Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo at plus 3,500 to have the most passing yards in the NFL, which the last time Deshaun Watson played a full season, he had the most passing yards in the NFL. So again, this all kind of goes in line with this idea of if you are bullish on the Browns, there's value. And you're bullish on the Browns because you think Deshaun Watson is that guy. And the last time Deshaun Watson played a full season, he did this exact bet that he's plus 3,500 to do. So most regular season passing yards, Deshaun Watson plus thirty five hundred. That's actually one I'm, I, I might seriously consider. Do you feel like if you're putting actual cash American dollars on it, 
that you need to choose between whether you think big Nick Chubb year or big Deshaun Watson year? Because I don't think there's a world where the Browns can have the leading passer in the NFL and the leading rusher in the NFL. And if they do have that, then there <laughs> might be 16 and one and then just bet them to win the Super Bowl. I understand sprinkling. It's like, hey, it's 30, 32 to one sprinkle on that. But if you had to lean one way or another on big rushing number or big passing number, first of all, do you think you kind of need to choose? And which way would you lean if you were only going one way? I think you do. And I was thinking about that. As I said it, right, you're not going to you're not going to bet that Nick Chubb offensive player of the year bet if you think this one's going to hit. Right. You have to separate. I would choose this one. I I think this this one might in a weird way. This one is harder. Right. Like I can envision Nick Chubb winning the rushing title. I, I can see it happening. I see the path. But I'm just saying Deshaun Watson leading the league in passing again. Again, something he's done before. On a on a worse team with a worse offense than than this one, um, you know that that was without that was after DeAndre Hopkins left. That was throwing to Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller and you know Jordan. I mean Jordan Akins is with the Browns now, but like that wasn't Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore and and Donovan Peoples Jones and Marquise Goodwin who, who can fly down the field. David Njoku, I think it's doable. I understand that you're talking about it as a as a flyer, right? You know. Big odds. I do think, is it possible that the better the Browns are, the less chance that Deshaun Watson has to lead the league in passing yards? Because their formula, is it not going to be, hey, let's get out, attack people, get a lead, and then hand the ball to Nick Chubb in the second half. If they're behind, and it's like, like this defense, just Jim Schwartz, I don't know. And they're just playing like games in the 30s the whole time. And it's like, well, we're down 10 in the middle of the third quarter. We can't just hand it to Nick Chubb six straight times. I think you enhance Deshaun. Is that is that a re- – because like your defense, <laughs> the strength of your defense affects your offensive stats. It doesn't affect how good your offense is, but it affects your offensive stats. And this happens with Ohio State a lot. Part of the reason that Dwayne Haskins broke every passing record in the book for Ohio State in 2018 was because their defense was horrible. And so Ohio State's playing Maryland, and it's a game in the 50s, and Dwayne Haskins has to be in the whole game and throwing 60 times because Ohio State couldn't stop anybody. So Ohio State's terrible defense helped Dwayne Haskins statistically, and he finished third in the Heisman, whereas if their defense was better, he might have been out of some of those games. How do you view the, the, the Browns' defense as it relates to offensive stats? Okay, so now you're starting to you're starting to have me second guess myself, and and no, 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 it's money though, Dan. We no, have but, to stick. It's real money. But here's here's a point that I didn't really consider. So this is why I'm glad I, I ran this by you, and and you're throwing this at me because let me use Nick Sirianni as an example. If you watch the Philadelphia Eagles, what they did last year was they built big leads, and then Nick Sirianni turned these second halves like it felt like the second halves were like 30 minutes long, like that was it. It was over. Yeah, he milked the clock. He killed the clock. Kevin Stefanski's got a little bit of that in him too. You know, if you remember in 2020, he, he did that a lot. And so a guy like Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't matter how good his team is. He can lead the league in passing yards because the Kansas City Chiefs never let off the gas. They'll, they'll be up 20 points. They're going to try and, and win by 40. They never, Andy Reid does not stop. Kansas City doesn't turn and hand the ball off and kill the clock. The Browns do or I think they will in those situations, a lot like Philadelphia does, a lot like Nick Sirianni does. So I think 
you know, knowing the coach, knowing how he handles certain situations, knowing how he might handle a situation where you've got big leads in the second half, or you have just a lead in the second half. That's one, that's kind of a strike against this because I think Kevin Stefanski leans more towards we're up 14 with 20 minutes left in this game. Let's just kill it. And that's where Nick Chubb wins the rushing title. So that, yeah. that's actually an interesting thing to consider. That's that's a strike against this bet. Yeah, it doesn't mean you can't throw a tiny little bit on it. But I do think, I, I, again, I think with all this stuff, Dan, it, you just have to, you have to d- envision the season in your head and think to yourself as a Browns fan, this is how I think this is going to go. So if you really want to bet on the season, I think you have to sit down and go through the schedule. And you have to decide, I, this is what I really think is going to happen. And then I think you have to analyze the team and where you think their strengths are going to be, where you think their weaknesses are going to be, strategies, all these things. And once you've decided how you think the season's going to go, then make the smartest bets to maximize that. So it's July. You have plenty of time to do this. But you have to decide what their capabilities are and then what their choices are going to be about how to go about it and lean those ways. Don't be right about the team and wrong on your bets because that you're better off just being completely wrong, right? Well, I totally read that incorrectly. Whereas sometimes I'll, I'll read a game, do it. And then, you know, bet a dollar here and a dollar there, and then go through like, Oh yeah, no, I think I won. It's like, Nope, I didn't win anything because my bets were so dumb. Okay. What, what was Nick to win the rushing title? Plus four fifty. Hmm. See, that's interesting. But that number's not nearly as enticing as the plus 3,500. See, this is the no, problem. No, it's not huge. Yeah, you like the, uh, yeah, you want to win. You want <laughs> like the Like I said, this is all, money. this is all, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm actually going to bet these. I'm not predicting these are going to hit, but these are just the things that stood out to me. Like, I could make the case, much like yeah. Deshaun Watson, most passing touchdowns plus 6,500. Put a dollar on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's uh I mean like the things that are 25 to 1 or more that you put a dollar on that's the way to do it. Yeah. Dollar here, dollar there. Just don't do that 100 times. <laughs> I lost 100 consecutive $1 bets. Don't do that. <laughs> no, a lot of these these aren't the bets that are going to be like the meat and potatoes of your week or your season bets, yeah. but these are the ones that you're like, uh, I can make a case. I can make a case for that. Nice little yeah. long shot. Um, all right. Did you have anything else Browns related? I don't, you know, I, I really liked that, that first bet off the top. I wanted to make sure we talked about Chubb and Garrett and, uh, and again, I like sort of that, that Cincinnati Browns combo, but that's it for the Browns bets for me. Okay. We're going to take a break. Uh, you know, just again, I think the point here is like, if you're bullish on the Browns, there's some value there. If you aren't sure, eh, maybe not. But if you really think Deshaun Watson is going to be that guy again and this team's going to be that good, there's uh, there's some value for you. Uh, like the Browns plus 2,200 to win the AFC. All right, we won't go there. Uh, we'll take a break. And then I've got some NFL, kind of some bigger picture NFL bets uh, to throw out there as well. I'm back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Doug Maurice. Uh, we're talking a little bit of uh, gambling here on DraftKings. So, Doug, like I said, I'm, I'm out here kind of looking for some value if I can find it. Offensive player of the year, I touched on this. Let's just reiterate, Christian McCaffrey, a full season in San Francisco is plus 1,300. That feels like 
Yeah. That feels real. Um, there, there's a much easier path for him to do it than Nick Chubb. Uh, so I like that one. Here's a name that uh, that is close to your heart at Defensive Player of the Year. Nick Bosa is plus 1,200. Yeah, I was a little surprised. I think he's only the fourth favorite in that. I think it's Micah Parsons plus 650, Miles Garrett plus 750, TJ Watt plus 850, Nick Bosa plus 1,200. He won it last year, right? So is this just a little bit of, uh, they're not going to vote for him again? I almost was a little surprised that Nick Bosa was the fourth favorite there. Yeah, it, it just felt like there's there's something there. There's something there with Nick Bosa at plus 1,200. Uh, Max Crosby is also plus 1,500. There's a chance he could lead the league in sacks. I wouldn't count on it, though, um, but but he's sitting there as well. I'd rather take Bosa at plus 12. All right, so let me throw out some MVP numbers for you. If you don't want to just look at the, the boring Patrick Mahomes, etc. Jalen Hurts is plus 1,100. Justin Herbert is plus 1,300. Lamar Jackson is plus 1,500. And here's a fun one. Tua Tagovailoa, plus 2,000. Do you like any of those? Maybe Herbert, but I feel like there's a lot of people who've been in on Herbert from the beginning. And it's one of these things. It's like, oh, the Chargers are going to be great. Oh, Justin Herbert. And then it's like, oh, maybe you're probably a little ahead of schedule. No, they're not quite ready. And so now maybe would be the year you're like, ah, oh, I'm not going to keep betting money on Herbert. Now the years that it happens. Is it Justin Fields in Chicago? His, his odds, I think he's like 20 to one also, which is like, what does that actually look like? That <laughs> Justin, I mean, I think Justin Fields is going to be a good player, but like, man, that I was surprised that was as high as it was. I, I do think Herbert is interesting because I feel like people are prepared to vote for him. And I feel like maybe it's been percolating, percolating, percolating. And this is the year where it finally breaks through. He'll have two games head to head against Mahomes, right? Which will be a chance to be like, if he goes out and throws for 440 and beats Mahomes 41, 34, that's the kind of thing that wins you awards like that. So of those options, I'd, I'd probably lean Herbert. And what do you think? Where are you on Aaron Rodgers and the Jets? Because this is a guy who's been MVP voters have voted for him before, and he's somewhere <laughs> yeah. new. And if the Jets are good, he's going to get a lot of credit for it. Does that interest you at all? So he's right, right below Lamar Jackson. Uh, Aaron is plus 1600. Um, yes, because of what you said. Um, he's won them before, and if he goes to the Jets and they're like awesome, of course Aaron Rodgers is going to get all the credit and probably win the MVP. I'm just scared to death. I don't even know if Aaron Rodgers wants to play football anymore. I just i I don't want to. I don't want anything to do with the New York Jets. I think they could be really good. I think they could be seven and ten. They're sort of like the Browns for different reasons. I just, I just don't know if Aaron Rodgers wants to play football anymore. I. I don't know. I can't. I can't do anything with the Jets. He went to the Tonys, so I think he <laughs> at least likes being in New York. But yes, does he want to play football? I don't know. So yeah, but that's an interesting one. Um, okay, so I, I mentioned the Tua MVP odds at plus two thousand, and I also mentioned Deshaun Watson most passing yards. Tua's plus twenty two hundred for most passing yards, and to me. That's more of a bet on Tua's health, which is very iffy. But that's more of a bet on Tua's health than 
necessarily a bet on like, can he do it? Because when he was yeah. healthy last year and when that offense was clicking and he has two elite receivers in Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle, is, is he going to beat out Patrick Mahomes for the most passing yards? Is anybody, I don't know, but if we're starting to find people who can do it, Justin Herbert could be on that list Tua sitting there at, at plus 2,200. Again, I don't want to bet on his health because I don't believe he'll stay healthy for 17 games. But if yeah. he does, that's when that scenario kicks in. It's just the biggest if in the NFL right now. This is one of these things where it's like, if he has a serious head injury again, your $4 bet is not what matters. But also, I wouldn't bet my $4 on it, right? It's just it's too because he can take the kind of hit that is typical you get sacked and maybe your head hits the ground and he's just had a concussion history that makes you more susceptible or at the very least, maybe they have to be or should be more careful with him. And so the result is he just, I don't think he's playing 17 games and maybe that's just caution. Good. I hope it like, right. That. So I just probably would not want to be in that business. I'd rather be in the business of all upside pick a dude that you think is ready to bet on Trevor Lawrence, right? Bet on, bet on Justin Herbert, bet on a Russell Wilson revival, bet on something else where you're not watching football every week. And we should all be watching Tua and hope that he's healthy, but don't, I don't want to be watching that being like, man, I hope he stays healthy. Also, by the way, my $4, make sure his head doesn't hit the turf. I I don't want to live in that world. Yeah, that said, is a little bit of a gross, a gross feeling uh, for sure. Um, oh, by the way, I do want to mention the, the Justin Herbert point, but I think people, you kind of made this point. I do think people really, really want to vote for Justin Herbert for stuff. They do. They do. Like they really they want really Justin do. Herbert to be the MVP and they really want him to lead the league in passing yards. Um, but, yeah. you know, we all know how things go with the Chargers. I actually, so when gambling first hit Ohio and you had those bonus bets, I used one of them on a Chargers future. And, you know, because I'm like, well, look, the Chargers are a long shot, but I'm going to put them down to win the AFC. And I'll just hedge, you know, a little bit as, as they go along. Lasted a week. They blew a 28 point lead to the Jaguars. <laughs> so I don't know. Bet on, the, bet on the Chargers at your own risk. Um, let's yeah. see. Most rushing yards. Okay. I got one for you. This one is, this one's interesting because of where he plays and his situation. Now, Ramondre Stevenson of mm. the New England Patriots is plus 1,500 for most rushing yards. So Damian Harris is gone. He's in Buffalo now. Ramondre Stevenson, I think, is a really good player. Averaged five yards a carry last year. Had 1,040 yards on only 210 carries. So he, he was splitting a lot of time. In New England with Mac Jones, they don't really have a, a great quarterback situation. Um, you know, I, I, I think they'll still run the ball. So, you know, there might be some upside there with Ramondre Stevenson at plus 1,500 to win the rushing title. Yeah, I like that because I don't think he's a small sample size guy. They just happen to have like a, a you know, a timeshare at running back that they probably won't have anymore. I'm always confused and I never know. I think it changes situation to situation. Something like that. Okay, Ramondre Stevenson, would you bet on that because you think Mac Jones is bad and they're going to lean on the run and they're not going to throw? Or would you not bet on it because you're like, Mac Jones is bad and there's going to be 10 defenders in the box every snap and he's going to average 3.5 yards per carry because no one's scared of Mac Jones. Like I don't, 
But if Mac Jones is awesome, oh, they're chucking the ball all over the place. And now that I don't, I don't know sometimes, obviously, like, again, all the things are interconnected and affect each other. But I just think generally it makes sense that the Patriots are going to want to run the ball and they got rid of the other guy who shared the load. So I actually think that's a good one, Dan. Okay, a few more here. Here's uh, I got one that, that I know you're going to like here. Actually, this is my last player one. Um, Garrett Wilson, most receiving yards, plus 2,500. Listen, I, you, I have a Garrett Wilson one too. Oh, and go you for it. Like, I think we figured this out. You like the big swings, oh, and yeah. I'm trying to ground it out a little bit more. I think you can combine these. Garrett Wilson's over-under is 1,150.5 receiving yards. Oh, I'm in. So, Okay. I looked at Aaron Rodgers' fully healthy seasons in Green Bay, 13 of them. How many years did his leading receiver have more than that number of yards? It's actually only eight of the 13. So it was eight that hit, five that didn't, which is a little surprising. But, like, it's four of the last six years the guy hit. And last year was just weird in Green Bay. Like, Alan Lazard was Green Bay's leading receiver with, like, 750 yards. Garrett Wilson's a lot better than Alan Lazard. So I just think... If you think Rodgers is going to work and you think Garrett Wilson is going to be their number one receiver, then this is not a big number. And so it's minus 115, which is, you know, it's a little bit more juice than maybe you'd want to give. But I, I could see pairing. All right, let's put put some money, put your five or ten bucks on the Garrett Wilson over and then sprinkle another one or two on him leading the the whole league in receiving yards. And I think you got a shot. He's a number one. This is why I wanted the Browns to draft him. Like I'm wrong on a lot of players. I think, you know, I'm right on Garrett Wilson. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he is a number one receiver. He is explosive yards after the catch. I also think he can do some stuff down the field. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to love him. So we don't yet know. This may feel silly, right? If, you might have 1,700 receiving yards. and be like, remember when the over-under was 1,150? Like, this could be a great marriage, and I think maybe you're getting some good odds on it because we're not sure how it's going to look, but you're basically betting on Aaron Rodgers and his number one receiver, and more often than not, that's been pretty successful. Go figure – go see what Devontae Adams became in the NFL. I don't know why Garrett Wilson couldn't do that. So I like mine, and I like yours. Yeah, I, I think the only thing – there, there's two things that keep that that under. Well, actually, there's one thing. It's injury. Aaron Rodgers or Garrett Wilson. I think that's that's the only thing that that hits that under. I think that's that's really good. Um, okay, some division. I didn't love a bunch of the division bets, mostly because I I don't know. I, I didn't think they were great odds. Panthers plus four hundred to win a terrible NFC South. You got Atlanta. You got New Orleans with Derek Carr. Now you got Tampa yeah. who. Baker or Trask, that's a wide open division, I think. If you like Bryce Young, if you think he hits the ground running. Yeah, and I do like Bryce Young. New quarterback, new coach. They're going to be patient, right? That's the thing. I think they, they'll be willing to take some lumps, but could they be good right away? I think some of this stuff, and this is like, it's a little bit like live betting. Like you said, it's it's just so, again, now that it's real for people in Ohio, and the way they the way they used to talk about betting, even like, you know, they talk about it subtly on games. It's like, oh, 
There's a lot of people who were happy or sad based on that last second field goal. It's like now the line is changing every five minutes in a game. Everybody has a different number. The idea that like, hey, this team was a three and a half point favorite and they won by four. And some people are happy and some people have said seven minutes in the game, they were a one and a half point favorite. And then 16 minutes in the game, they were a six and a half point favorite. It's the same with these division odds. The divisions that are really whacked out, and I lump the the uh, NFC North in here too because the Lions are the favorite there, and I kind of like the Lions at plus 130 compared to the Packers without Rodgers and Kirk Cousins in Minnesota and is Justin Fields going to get it going in Chicago. But also, Dan, I think maybe you could wait for a game or two to get a sense of, it's like, oh, I bet the Lions or I bet the Panthers. And it's like, oh, my, no, that is not happening. And still maybe get decent odds and have a better feel for things. I, I, I'm i less inclined to make early bets on the divisions that are totally wide open because it's so easy to bet them in week three. I had an over-under here that I liked, um, but I'm actually going to I'm gonna bag it here now that I've, I've called up their schedule. I don't love it as much. But like the, the Jaguars, if you think they're going to win the South, those odds aren't good. Um, but they're over under. Yeah. Their total is 11.5, or you can get 11.5 at plus 210. But, mm. you know, again, you got to do your homework. I just did some homework on the fly. They have the Chiefs this year. Uh, you know, they got that first place schedule. They have to play at Buffalo. They have to play uh, at Pittsburgh. You know, they, they play the AFC North this year. Um and then they have, uh, they have, you know, like Tennessee's tough having to play them twice. So I, I don't know. That's a bad division, but it does include Mike, two Mike Vrabel games. And you have to play the Bills and the Chiefs. So I think getting them to 12 wins is a little dicey. Um, but I, I, so maybe they win that division it, right at 11 instead of going up it's, to 12. It, I had another, I had a Vrabel bet too that I was like pondering. And it's again, as you pointed out, there's just all these different numbers you can get on team totals for how many wins they'll have. Tennessee under five and a half is plus 210, which is pretty good odds. And I just, they still have Tannehill, but they drafted Will Levis. I don't know how much Derrick Henry has left. They're trying to develop young receivers. But then I was like, but Mike Vrabel's the coach. Like, you really think it, oh, this would, they would have to tank. They would have to pull the plug on Tannehill and just say, we're playing Will Levis. We don't care how terrible he is. Because if they have any chance to be competitive, Mike Rabel's going to pull a game or two out of, out of the bag and finish eight and nine with a terrible team. So I was like, am I really betting against Mike Rabel if they don't go into full tank? So I pulled the plug on that bet too. Uh, just a couple more here that I've got. If you like that, this is, again, if you're bullish on the Dolphins, if you're bullish on Tua, if you think he's going to stay healthy, over 9.5 is plus 100. Over 11.5 is plus 300. Uh, they're plus 300 to win the East. Uh, again, that's more if, if you if you think Tua is going to be healthy, if, if you're comfortable with uh, the scenario that Doug laid out earlier uh, and, and dealing with all of that. Um, Doug, I know you're not going to like this one. I, I'm looking at the Bears under seven and a half. I just don't. I'm not, I'm not sold on on Justin Fields. I I'm probably more sold on Justin Fields than I am the rest of the team. But they did add stuff, right? I mean, they added DJ yeah. Moore as the number one receiver in the trade. Um, they drafted Darnell Wright at number ten to be the starting right tackle. I, I think. They should be better, but I 
I would almost bet more on. So I so I think that again. What do you think, and then how do you bet it? I actually think if you like Tua, I would be more comfortable betting Team Dolphins things because Mike White's their backup. Mike White, who actually was kind of a decent backup for the Jets last year. And I think there could be a world where maybe Tua statistically doesn't get there. Tua doesn't win an award. He's the quarterback most of the time, but not all the time. But then when he can't play, they can still win games. So bet Miami as the team. The Bears, if you really think Justin Fields is going to do something, I might just bet Justin Fields statistically rather than thinking that the team's going to make a leap, right? Bet Justin Fields rushing totals. Bet Justin Fields touchdowns. Bet Justin Fields passing totals. But don't count on the Bears to have a winning record or something, right? So um, I think you have to, you know, again, figure out how you best express what you feel but there's, there's, I mean, Justin Fields ran around like a maniac last year. He's unbelievably talented, but defenses are also not going to let him run for 200 yards in games this year because they're going to figure that out. Yeah, I've, I'm, I'm a little nervous. The formula for him is the Jalen Hurts formula, and I think Jalen Hurts is an outlier. And and we at Cleveland.com, I mean, I know Nathan Baird. We've we've used that Jalen Hurts comparison a lot because that's the ultimate goal. That's the the true full upside of that which is a quarterback who has these skills who absolutely can throw it, but also is pretty special running the ball. But then, and this is not against Jalen. This is not against Justin. I think Justin is a good leader and has to get factor stuff, but Jalen's a maniac. Jalen is Jalen hurts is like, I think one of the five best dudes in the NFL from everything you read and hear about him and the way he does that. And that led so much into, I think his individual success and the team success. And it's just not fair to put that on anybody. And Justin Fields is still young. So that's the that's the upside. That's the true total how this works best, I think, for Justin Fields in Chicago is the Hertz model. But I don't think I'd bet on that yet. All right, two more. We're taking big swings. Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl is plus 2,200. Bengals 49ers Super Bowl is plus 3,500. You can get really weird with the matchups if you want. But those those are two that I look at like, yes, those are realistic matchups. I could see that. So I, let me make another suggestion here because this actually worked for me and I'm not I'm not good at this. But you got all the bonus bets you were talking about, right, when you signed up for this stuff. What I used a bunch of my bonus bets on was early in the NBA season. Not early, like in January when the stuff came in. I just decided I thought the Nuggets were going to win the West. And then I tried to cover my bases in the East. So I wound up using bonus bets on a Nuggets-Celtics final a Nuggets Sixers final and a Nuggets Bucks final. You'll notice none of those happened, but I got close enough with the Nuggets and the Celtics when the Nuggets uh, when the Celtics forced a game seven against the Heat. I was able to hedge and bet on the Heat then, and then so I wound up winning some money on that because I locked in on the one. So if you think you've got something right, like who would you lock in on, Dan? Are you, do you want to lock in? I'm like, I just think the Niners are making the Super Bowl. And then give me the Niners and the three best teams in the AFC. Or I just think the Chiefs are it, man. Give me the yeah. Chiefs and the three best teams in the NFC. I think that's a way to hit on some stuff beyond just, um, you know, I think the Chiefs are going to be good or I think the Niners are going to be good. It feels like you like the Niners this year. I think the NFC is pretty bad again. Yeah. And so I, th- I think it comes down to Niners-Eagles. I Actually, I... If you made me choose, if you told me you got to pick the team that's going to win the NFC, I would say the Eagles again. But the odds, okay. again, looking, yep. at, looking at the better odds, 
that's where the 49ers come in. I don't know who the is Sam Darnold going to be playing quarterback for the 49ers this year. That's that's how you feel stupid in the middle of November. Like, did I really put a bunch on the 49ers <laughs> to do stuff this year? <laughs> so one, yeah. one last thing. So like I said, throughout all of these, throughout a bunch of the long shots that I could make a case for. But I do just want to say, like, it's also cool if you just want to, like, make money and bet Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP at plus 700. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> 7 to 1 is pretty good. If you have 5 bucks and you can turn that into get a $40 return on that, like, I'm, I'm not turning that down. And it's not fun. It's not as fun. Right, that's how they get you because you want to bet because you want to bet on Justin Herbert and you want to bet on Trevor Lawrence and you want to bet on a Lamar Jackson comeback and you want to bet on the stuff so you can feel smart. But if you want to win money, I don't know, just bet on Patrick Mahomes to like win the MVP every year he's in the league between now and the time that he retires. And if you bet it ten more times, and the odds are like seven to one or better, you know, if he wins three or four, you'll be ahead. All right, there we go. Uh, a little gambling talk here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast in July. I've got next week off, so that's why I wanted to. I'm probably just going to sit there and figure out, you know, fill my betting. Just going to bets sit that I'm never going to have on your phone all week. I'm never going to have the like, to make. <laughs> Dan, Dan, come down and play with the kids. It's your vacation. I just uh, got one more bet I got to make on who's going to win the AFC South. Don't check our savings account, please. <laughs> uh, don't do that. Actually, what you should do next week is you should listen to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast because we have our AFC North position draft. We have our coach draft. We have our quarterback draft. The Strictly Stripes guys joined us for all of those. Those are coming Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then we've got some more 23 questions pods coming at the end of the week. So uh, get subscribed to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, uh, Doug, you know, Buckeye Talk, I know you did the traffic pod. I haven't had a chance to listen to that one yet. It's actually not up yet. I delayed oh, okay, it. Okay, okay. But it'll be out next week. Okay. Yes. So there you go. That's coming next week. Uh, Buckeye Talk is five days a week. Strictly Stripes is five days a week. You got your college football survivor show uh, doing conference previews as well. So lots of stuff for you to get subscribed to here on, on Cleveland.com's uh, podcast network. Is that, what, is that what we call it? That's what I'm going to call yeah, it. We're network. Yeah, we're Cleveland. network. Cleveland.com podcast can, network. Can I ask you a question about the quarterback draft? Yes. Real quick. How many quarterbacks did you draft? Do you remember? 15. Okay. So Baker Mayfield didn't get picked. Okay. Baker Mayfield I was did not wonder, get picked. Did not get picked. If you would have said 25, I would have wondered if Baker Mayfield got picked. I Because I've, I've been thinking a lot about the things we said about Baker Mayfield when he left and what we thought he could be. And, you know, I think I said, I think he can still be like the playoff quarterback in the right situation. And then you look at what happened last year. And when we were making these bets, I was looking at some numbers on the bucks and it's like, do people believe in Baker Mayfield now? So I would have been very curious if you guys had gotten low enough to figure out where you thought Baker Mayfield slotted in these days. Yeah, we did. We did not get that low, which is saying something because we went 15 deep. Um, now, to be fair, the 15th pick was the Gardner Minshew Memorial last pick of the draft. So Gardner, wow. so Gardner Minshew was, of course, the Gardner, Gardner Minshew Memorial. Congratulations. That, would not, have been ba- that would not have been Baker Mayfield, uh, regardless. Yeah. So uh, good stuff there. Find out where Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson went in that. And also find out where Zach Taylor and Kevin Stefanski went in, in the coaches draft. That was the point of all of it. So uh, like I said, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, search all of those. Go to YouTube. Search Cleveland Browns on Cleveland.com on YouTube. 
Uh, we got shorts. We got daily videos that go up off the pods, all sorts of stuff there as well. And, of course, become a football insider subscriber. Cleveland.com slash Browns. The blue banner at the top of the page for the newsletter, for texting, and for access to those stories on Cleveland.com slash Browns. You have to be a subscriber to read. Doug, appreciate the time. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Dan.